This week on Erotic Awakening, John and Amanda, South Plains Leatherfest, and Contracts 101. BDSM and non-standard relationships. Power exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As well well as simply fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Dot com. I like doing that with you. You can now purchase... Stick to the script. Yes, sir. You can now purchase books by Dan and Don, as well as Kingstarter cards online. Head over to eroticawakening.com and click on the link to Buy Dan and Don. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you're offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Here we are actually in the mobile studio today it's nice and soft and cushiony too the mobile we're studio si- is nice and soft and cushiony we're sitting on a king-size cushy bed in the the south plains leather fest location in dallas yep just uh just getting close to wrapping up the weekend there's a little bit more of activity to go but we'll be back on a plane heading to the home port before too long so, yeah, I know. And I really, we've had a nice chill weekend. We've had some great workshops. We did, um, what did we do? We did MS and Polly and A Vanilla Girl Moves In mm-hmm. and Master Slave Buddha mm-hmm. and Mindfulness of a Slave. So, and I think they all went really well. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that the um, interactions we've had with people have been fantastic. They've seemed pretty happy with the classes that we've taught. Mm-hmm. And we've got the... Uh, see some interesting and wonderful stuff as well, as well as play the game Boss Monster, which is unrelated to kinkiness whatsoever. But we played it outside of the dungeon, and it is about a boss monster in, in a, dungeon. a dungeon. So there you we go. We should have played it in the dungeon. Except for the bad lighting. Well, there was actually, very neat lighting in this dungeon. Yeah, it wasn't bad lighting. They had, like, some disco lighting, too. It just means that you would have had to have waited for the light to go by to see your cards and yep. waited for the light to go by to see your cards. <laughs> One of the things going on here at the South Plains Leather Fest is the International Master Slave Contest. So congratulations to Miss Rhonda and Tomo, the 2016 International Master Slave winners. We, actu- we actually have uh, John and Amanda who are also here competing for the Master Slave Contest. We interviewed them last week and you will hear... All about them and about uh, Bushido, MS, and running for contest, and all of the about their really interesting journey in a little bit on the podcast. Right. So we interviewed them, and then we'll see them again at PXS. So they'll be at Power Exchange Summit as well. So that'll be nice. But before we get there, Don, tell me, uh, you say you're starting an MS relationship and you think you want to have a contract. Our question of the day is, what actually goes in those dag-burn contracts? Well, first of all, I'd like to say we have a list of that in our book, (laughs) Living (laughs) MS, because we do get asked this question a lot. But um, when we were trying to decide to do our contract, because that's that's what we wanted to do, um, I think the first thing that we actually worked on, even before we worked on like protocols and stuff, was Mm -hmm. our needs, wants, and desires. So, um, so make sure that's in there. We'll discuss that just a little bit. But um, let's see. Our contract starts with who we are, what what kind of relationship we're trying to put together, and how long. So ours was a power exchange relationship. You know, I that our first one didn't use master and slave. So our first one used um, a probably dominant and submissive mm-hmm. and that we were going to do it for one year and that we were building a 24-7 power exchange relationship for one year. And it would be up for renewal at a year and a day right. or whatever it was. So we put that in there. We actually had a time frame. And then we had um, needs, wants, and desires. 
So, and the way we describe that is needs are non-negotiable. Wants are negotiable. So I was talking with Slave Angie yesterday, and we were actually talking about spirituality because of our Buddhist class. Mm -hmm. And um, she goes, so how do you negotiate your spirituality when you first start this? And I'm like, well, I don't think we did. And then I'm like, no, no, no. It is. It's in our contract. I have a need to explore my spiritual self, whatever that Mm -hmm. means. So I have a need, non-negotiable. Whoever I'm with, I have a need to explore my, my spiritual path. My want is that you support me right. on my oh, path. Oh, nice. So that's kind of one of those, a need and a want. So the need would be allowing you to do it. Uh, it would be nice if I supported you, but as long as I don't get in the way, your need's fulfilled. Right. Okay, that's cool. I want to jump back for just a second. The reason that we do a contract for a year mm-hmm. is because we're very much of the mind that people grow. Yes. And after a year, it's an opportunity. It's not because we expected the relationship to be short term, but it's because it, it was the opportunity to take out that contract and make sure that everything still applied equally as it did. If there's anything that needed to be added, subtracted. It's also a statement that we're growing individuals and that um, there's no, you know, when things get rough at six or seven months, you recognize, you know what, I signed a contract for a year. I'm going to stick it out for another couple of months. And mm-hmm. if things don't get their shit don't get resolved. There's no reason for me to just throw my, uh, throw this all away and disappear, right? This says, you know what? I'm going to give it. I'm going to stick it out. I'm making a commitment, even though I know it might get challenging on occasion. Yeah, and I liked that um, we actually changed our focus each year. So, like the first year was building the foundation. Mm-hmm. I think the second year was high protocol. We built in more protocols and rituals, and then the third, fourth, and fifth year <laughs> or the slut years. So, you know, we kind of had a different theme with each, each year as well. Um, and yeah, so we had our, we had our needs, wants, and desires. We had, um, we didn't have rituals in there, I don't think, but we had protocols. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the difference with that is rituals are the things that we do, like making the bed or, uh, um, getting coffee, things like that. Th- those are the rituals. Those are the, the things that we do. Protocols, how we do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we had some protocols in there. Like, um, I would never argue with you in public. Right. That's a protocol. So, um, building our communication methods, like porch time. You know, that was in there. So, and then, um, what else do we have in there? So, we had rituals, protocols, needs, wants, desires. That's plenty. You know what? Mm-hmm. This is why, it, yeah. now there's lots more, but this is the point where we say, look, man, We've written this all out in this wonderful book, Living a Mess. We have, but there's <laughs> one thing that I don't want to forget, okay. and that's always the hard one. That is the disillusion clause mm-hmm. at the end. So at the end of the contract, um, we actually, and this was suggested to us by um, Jan. So um, she, she's a leather woman in, in our area, and she said, make sure you have a disillusion clause. And I'm like, why would I do that? I want this to be forever. She's like, because they don't always end forever. So put in there how it's going to end or the clause that is the escape clause. So for us, we decided if either one of us cheats or if either one of us does drugs and that includes alcohol for you, then relationship's over. So contract's null and void. And you have to look at your boundaries and see if you have something like that that would make the contract null and void. So big Big decisions, big discussions. Mm-hmm. So there you go. How to make a contract. There's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that we recommend you put in it. Uh, hopefully, and you know, the only other thing I'll say about the contracts is it's nice. I was reading earlier on uh, 
FetLife about is contracts actually valuable? And a lot of people say no, but I like the the creation of it by mm-hmm. writing it down was kind of interesting and introspective. Yeah, because I got to say I want to be held accountable. I want to be punished when it's time to be punished. I uh, I want blah blah you know blah blah blah. So needs, wants, and desires. I absolutely think it's a very healthy tool to use to see what you're looking for in a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. my it was actually a discovery for me. We worked three months on that needs, wants, and desires, and it was actually a discovery for me that I need to be cherished in a relationship. To actually put it into words, I mean, mm-hmm. you would think it's a given, but it really wasn't. My last relationship, I don't know that I was or not, but it, it's a need now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's a good it's a good tool to look to discover yourself and and learn a little bit more about your partner. If you would like to help discover yourself or send a question of the day, you can get a hold of us in a variety of ways, including our contact email at Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Or you can find us on FetLife. Um, we have a group called Erotic Awakening. Two words. Just look for the owners, and that's us. Other uh, ways to contact us, as well as where we will be presenting, past podcast episodes, link to the newsletter, and other stuff will be found at theeroticawakening.com. Nice, nice. So I'm going to guess before I forget, mm-hmm. I want to share the tentacle stuff because it's been pretty amazing over the last couple of days, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mean like the pictures and stuff, right? but we're, we were at, um, uh, Dan runs an open sangha in Columbus, right? So it's, it's, uh, we do meditation and we talk Buddhist philosophies and stuff like that. And we've had a few new people join and it's open to everybody. I mean, it's open to the Buddhist community. We have some kink people that come in, but it's not a kink based thing. So, you know, so we've had some new people come in since we moved it to the space. And Thursday night, we're sitting there, and at the end of the sangha, one of the new girls goes, Dawn, I have a gift for you. I'm like, uh-oh, I, okay, what's this gift? And she pulls out this hand-crocheted octopus. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cute. This is great. This is, how did you know? <laughs> and come to find out, she had found the podcast. And I'm still not sure how she found the podcast, right? But anyway, so she gives me this gift, and you know, and she's still coming to Sangha, so I guess it's all okay. And then we get to South. Plains. So that was Thursday. That was Thursday, and then Friday we're at South Plains, and uh, KJ Kane. So Tara from KJ Kane's tracks me down, who used to sponsor the show, mm-hmm. and um, so I hadn't met her before, I don't think. And um, so she tracked me down, and she goes, "I got a gift for you. I'll have to track you down later." And then she comes in, and she sees us, and, and she gives me this gift. And it is a cane with the head or a cap or, or whatever on the handle. Mm-hmm. And it's got an octopus picture on it. And the cane is purple and green. Right. So this is so cool. She doesn't even know purple is my color and green's my backup. So so this is kind of neat. Well, then, so that's Friday, Friday. And then Saturday. And then Saturday, we're at the beginning of the Buddha class. So the Master Slave Buddha. And, oh, I don't have permission to say her name. And she gives me this gift from uh, Master Griffin and Slave Anne, mm-hmm. and it's an octopus medallion with a purple and green leather band yep. that she had made. So I'm like, wow. I was getting ready to say I'm tentacled out, but that's not the case. No, this is far so from cool. It. <laughs> These have been wonderful gifts. I mean, this is, oh, they're beautiful. It's just neat that they're purple and green and... And, and it's neat that people are physically finding you and physically giving you yeah. these things. That's kind of – it's really interesting. Um, side note, if you're keeping score at home, 
on Thursday, no one poured food on their boobs and showed me. Friday, though, the same thing happened. Saturday, that was followed up with a complete lack of food on boobs. So apparently, Don, um, your crocheting a tentacle octopus is much easier than crocheting a banana between a pair of tits. I don't know. I'm just... <laughs> Sorry. I am not. I just oh, I'll treasure these gifts though. These I are know, it's, awesome. so, it's very neat. It's very neat. These are awesome. So and I'm sure oh, I don't have tentacle links on here for today. So I don't think anybody sent me pictures. That is plenty of tentacle links. That is plenty of tentacle links. So More... I know we've gotten letters from people, so maybe I just haven't put them on here. Well, fair enough. So I've been contacted. But anyway, anyway. And and so we have new subscribers. We do have new subscribers to the newsletter. Oh, yay, it's international. Look at that. Yeah, again, Abigail from North Carolina. Mm, Lana or Lene from Alabama. And then Marco from the Netherlands. And I don't even know what the abbreviation of that is, so I had to write out the whole <laughs> Netherlands. I'm not sure. Uh, that would be, um, would you like to say hi to Marco in a Netherlandian language? Perhaps Dutch would be the appropriate thing I to have do? no clue. <laughs> no clue. I'd love to go up there and find out. Oh, good idea. So, Dawn, as we are in our mobile studio, as we are visiting the International Master Slave Contest, yes. I want to tell you something about some other international thing. Oh, yeah? What's that? Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by The Cage. The Cage is a new home for BDSMers just like you. Get ready to make new friends and discover more about yourself in an encouraging and open environment. Don't miss the opportunity to be one of the very first to take part in this new and exciting platform for the international kink community. Visit us at thecage.co. Well, there you go. Nice. Brand new thing. You can be one of the beginners instead of member number 900,047. Um, and very much a great idea behind what they're doing over at The Cage. Uh, go check it out, thecage.co. And thank you for sponsoring the Erotic Awakening Podcast. So, our podcast, our podcast network. Yes. Guess what we got to do. Remember, I got to talk on Fearless Submissive. You recently you did do you guest hosted an episode of the Fearless Submissive that is true and then we were on Multi Amory you and I guest hosted mm -hmm. a a uh, episode of Multi Amory the Polyamory podcast on episode fifty seven long term Polyamory very um, you know I actually listened to that episode I thought we did a fantastic job no, I haven't listened to it yet it's really neat when in uh, once you've been podcasting for a little while we knew what we wanted to talk about so we just kind of like turned the microphone on and said. So, Don, what do you think about polyamory from the perspective of somebody who's been doing it for 15 years? And I thought it went very well. Good, good, good. You yeah. should go check it out. You can go to multiamory.com and find that or go to eroticawakeningpodcastnetwork.com and see all the little podcasts hanging out on the network. Sweet, sweet. I tell you what, though, I get kind of nervous about listening to myself after mm -hmm. we've recorded because I figured out that when you and I record together, I don't use filler words. When I record by myself, <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a filler word that I'm now going to have to watch out for. Yes, and we cannot speak the word. <laughs> no, we cannot speak what the word. What was the one we used to do? It used to be the word we said all the time. Oh, I used to say indeed all the time. Yes. And then there was something else. I'd have to listen to the beginning ones to figure out what it was. We will have to ask Sparky because he's gone back to the beginning <laughs> and has started to listen to Matter of fact, he threw a question. Hey, on episode 130, you said this and this. You never finished answering the question. I was like, dude, well, how we did an episode 130. I don't remember that. But <laughs> I'm sure we did. We might have time to answer those questions, though, coming next weekend. You and I are back on the road, or are. in the air, I should say. Mm -hmm. 
So going to NLA Utah's uh, weekend retreat. So it'll be us and one other couple or one other person. And some local presenters as well. Some local presenters. I know we've got, between us, we've got seven classes because we're also going to be teaching solo a couple of classes. But um, yeah, so we'll be covering quite a bit that weekend, having a good time in the the mountains, uh, the mountains of Utah. I was told they're really not mountains, they're hills. Okay. They look like mountains, look to, like me, mountains to me, but I'm from Flatland. <laughs> I saw, you know, we were looking earlier at Utah, and apparently there's desert, there's mountains, there's snow, there's a big Salt Lake, which I guess is the one I think I did know about. Uh, but really, all I know about Salt Lake City is what I learned from... The Book of Mormon? Exactly. So, <laughs> nice. Although, you know, I'm actually, I have this vague recollection of being a small, small child and visiting Salt Lake City. Oh, you could have. Aren't you, like, originally from near that area somewhat? Omaha? Nebraska is not really near that area. It's closer think. than Columbus. Is it? Or well, Jersey. maybe we should go to Nebraska then. <laughs> it is closer than Jersey where I lived, yes. Oh, that was neat. We actually met someone here at SPLF that um, is from my, or has family from right outside of my hometown. Oh, yeah. That was kind of neat. Was they were talking neat. about the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, like it was this big magical thing, and I'm like, yeah, I drive that like five times a year, <laughs> going back home. Yep. So, but nice, nice. So that is the podcast for the day. Uh, welcome uh, to the mobile studio. We will be in a completely different mobile studio next week. And other than that, we're going to now, um, we had a great conversation with John and Amanda. Mm-hmm. Amanda, I'm saying it wrong. No, it it's is. Amaya. No, she said it's Amanda. It's just spelled different. Ah, tricky, tricky. Yes. <laughs> Don, a couple years ago when you and I were getting ready to run for the International Master Slave title, we didn't have time to sit back and relax at all. No. But we did not show the same courtesy to Master John and Slave Amanda. <laughs> They're getting ready in two weeks to run for the international title, but we still made them stop in their preparation and chat with us on the podcast for a little bit. Welcome we to Erotic did. Awakening, guys. Thank, Thank you both. So tonight I want to talk about one of the classes that you guys teach that uh, I'm kind of really curious about it and how, you, how you're doing this. It's nothing I've seen before. And we've got it coming to PXS, correct? I don't know. I, you're I the one, you're one in charge of, the, of that. I think it's one of the ones I chose. I'll tell you later. Well, good. Then, then I get to hear about it now, and then I get to pretend I'll see it. Because, okay. of course, I'll be too busy at Power Exchange Summit to actually go to any classes. <laughs> but the actual class I want to talk to you guys about, and you have to tell me, remind me what the title is. All I can remember is it's got the word Bushido in it. Uh, our working title for it is called Leather and Steel. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about that class first. Well, uh, actually, we went to PXS, what was it, last year? Mm-hmm. Yes, Master. Uh, last year, and we saw a presentation by Kevin and Katie about executive power exchange. Mm-hmm. And this led us, led me to get the book Paradigms of Power being sold at PXS. And I was really fascinated by the idea of different models of the master-slave relationship. So after having several conversations with Slave Amanda, we realized that we had a mutual influence by samurai culture. And that led us to go beyond the things that we had seen of it thus far being mostly media outlets, movies, a long-running comic series called Usagi Yojimbo, 39 volumes and counting, and we have all of them, I'm happy to say, (laughs) and actually get into the history and philosophy of retainer, lord, 
relations. And from that, we found several things that spoke very deeply to us and what we wanted to see out of our relationship. Nice. Very cool. So, and, and I appreciate the multiple plugs for PXS. Uh, so, <laughs> seriously, though, I'm glad that I'm glad that's exactly what we want out of it, right? That it's making people think and they're exploring their own power dynamics and finding their own labels. So you guys have found your own labels. So you introduce yourself and I know you're running for the master slave title, but do you have alternative titles that are reflective in more of the, uh, the samurai culture then? We do have names that we use for ourselves. Uh, she usually, she, or rather I should say, she often refers to me as Shishol, which is Japanese for master. And I refer to her as Dore, which is Japanese for slave. And these are words chosen both for the fact that we chose, that we call them for each other as well as function. Because let's face it, if a slave is walking into a room full of masters and she says, master, all of a sudden four guys go up and, yes. Exactly. And they're all <laughs> right. wearing black with black t-shirts. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, there, so on her end, there's that. And from my end, I'm a five foot six tenor. Commands sound much more impressive coming out of me in Japanese than they do in English. <laughs> nice. That's actually that's something to consider. <laughs> now, keep in mind that um, I am a Western Buddhist, so yes. I ain't got shit to talk about. But do you, for people that don't know you, do you have any Japanese or, or cultural background or are you coming at this from culturally from scratch? Pretty much culturally from scratch. I've been studying martial arts in some form or another pretty much my entire adult life. Uh, I spent a little bit of time in Korea when I uh, belonged to a Taekwondo school, but I do not have any personal cultural attachments. And as far as my background with the Japanese culture, my ex actually was half Japanese. His mother was full-blooded. And so I was with him for a long period of time and picked up on some of the elements that they practiced. Mm -hmm. And then just add on an additional 10 years worth of anime. I can't even think of how many hours that is. Kind of helped me retain a few words here or there. I think I can memorize. Mostly the dirty words, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, most definitely. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much our background with the Japanese culture and what we know about it. Yeah, I, I, and I appreciate that. The, um, the little bit of Chinese, Japanese that I speak comes from people like in the BDSM culture, of course, the only, the, the only really interesting question about Buddhism, what's that stick they hit each other with? I say, what? <laughs> yeah, but they're meditating. That stick they, oh, okay, fine. That's, that's, that's your interpretation of Buddhism in the kink world. That's great. Ouch. Uh, yeah. Um, so I really like the idea of, and Don and I have certainly done this in finding your own voice and your own way to perceive power exchange that reflects mm -hmm. how you are. And that's obviously, I mean, that's one of the, and I'm really not trying to turn this into a PXS infomercial, but that's <laughs> one of the key parts of PXS, right? Is the, the weird and interesting thing is we found out that, um, when you put the Gorians and the Leather MS people and the Daddy Girls in the same room, they all are—they're are, talking the same language, right? Mm -hmm. It's how you express it within your house might be a little bit different here and there. Yeah, kind, kind of like different dialects of the same language, maybe. Sure, sure. So, do you guys find that the and 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 I appreciate you're getting ready to roll for title in this realm in a couple of weeks. But do you find anything in the leather MS community that's not fitting for you that's led you to think more along these lines? 
if anything, I would say, because we do spend a great deal of time in the leather community, ours is a leather title, I think it was the fact that we had more background with the Japanese culture and the samurai culture than the leather culture that led us in more in one direction than the mm-hmm. other. Sure. I, we can we can study the leather culture, but again, it's just a matter of familiarity. We know more about X than we do about Y. Sure. So enough we have enough words in common to speak again the different dialects of the same language, I feel. To to jump in a in a slightly askew direction to jump backward a little bit. Um Thirty nine volumes of what? <laughs> it is a comic called Usagi Yojimbo by Stan Sakai. Okay, so real quick for Don's benefit, uh, <laughs> what's the one with the tentacles? Sorry, Don, no tentacles. Ah, oh, okay, damn. <laughs> that's the the hentai. No, oh. this this is yeah, hentai is where you'll find the tentacles. This is a this is a straight up comic series. Okay. Well, Technically, one of the volumes does have aliens from outer space involved, and the aliens actually look like octopus. In Japanese, that's taco. So maybe you could somehow blend the two in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll work. That will work. So what led you guys to actually, and obviously this interview is going to go all over the place regardless of, uh, welcome to EA. What, What led you guys to thinking about the whole title thing to start with? A couple of things. One, we were handlers for Master Peter Raven and Slave Evangeline. We helped them out with the Great Lakes Master Slave title for when they had to go to the events. We saw them <laughs> present. And, okay, and other... so that's when we first met you. Yes. yes. Okay, great. great. <laughs> yes. Okay. We were the two somewhat shy ones in the background going, what is all of this and how do I get more involved? Uh-huh. And then we went with them to South Plains Leather Fest and helped them with that as well. And once we got back from Texas and unwound a little bit, we started talking about what more do we want to do with what we do with each other? What more do we want to do with the community? And we had a few people come up to us and say, why don't you guys try writing for a title as well? And we kind of hemmed and hawed about it and decided, you know, let's jump into the deep end of the pool and see how well we can swim. Right. And were you surprised by the process? Uh, I mean, obviously you guys won a title. So was was that like, oh, wow, that was, that was easy. What else do we do now? Oh, no, it was not easy. <laughs> um, it It's a ringer. It is a emotional, psychological ringer. But it was incredibly rewarding. Yes. Do you think that the, you know, in, in standard BDSM and kink areas... There is a ton of geeky people nowadays. Do you think the leather crowd is starting to find more geeks following, finding their way to leather as well? I think a lot of the people in the leather community were also geeks to start out with. I think they just started to let their geek flag fly a little higher. And I think they found more events that they would attend, more geeks that they could speak with, that weren't actually identifying themselves also as leather. So they kind of intertwined with each other. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of neat because even when we ran for international title, well, that's how we earned our <laughs> gaming right. flags, right? <laughs> so, um, oh, no, no, no. I can picture their faces. Jody and Liza. Yes, thank you. So, and we played games, card games with them while we were waiting for our turns for the demos and, you know, the speeches and all that type of stuff. So, they gave us gaming hankies. Oh, so, cool. And Master Michael. He's doing yes. the, you know, he's doing the tabletopping table, and yep. all of that type of stuff. He's going to mm-hmm. be so excited when he finds out the casino theme for PXS. So, oh, which I can't say yet, which I can't say yet. Oh, oh, the one that's going to be this year? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for the international contest, so I'm assuming that you watch Peter and Evangeline prep for the regional contest, GLLA, and then... Mm-hmm their international contest. Did you find yourself doing anything different to prepare for international compared to regional? I'm not sure if it was different, but I do know it was more. Um, one thing that I know one thing that we did do was our regional producer, Miss Kendra, was kind enough to set up a mock interview session for us. Uh, she gathered several people from the region and we took a day trip out to Indianapolis and spent pretty much the entire afternoon demoing our interview questions and speeches and presentations and such. Nice, nice. So that always that always comes in handy. I know uh, Miss Constance did that for us. Mm-hmm. So and just to have that that uh that experience under your belt. So okay, so I got a question for you. I'm gonna pretend to be a judge. i knew it was coming well well you know what i was your judge at some point wasn't i gla yes Yes, i was so i wonder if i already asked this (laughs) so if you are up on stage and you get your pop question and and amanda the pop question is what is one thing you would change about your master what would your answer be (laughs) And I think that was a question that either I was asked or maybe you asked me on the I, side afterwards. I could have, because that was the one I was asked on stage. <laughs> oh, and I'm trying to remember what I said back then, but I don't think I can use that now. Uh, let's see. Repeat the question one more time so I can think about it. <laughs> what is Good trick. One, good trick. It is a good trick. <laughs> what is one thing you would change about your master if you could? Hmm. If I could change one thing about Master, it would be that his left-hand strike was harder on my ass when we have the opportunity to play so I can have some really nice black and blue bruises to show off to the crowd. Good answer. Ask me, ask me. Oh, ask you? (laughs) Yeah. What is one thing you would change about your Master if you could? I wish, (laughs) I I have to admit, I wish that his his cock was a little bit smaller it's so big <laughs> that's a good one too i'm not saying that, that was a good one not a good I, judging I love, one but for, for I, this, it's in and general I love, and i love the size of his cock if it was small it would be great if it was bigger it would be great but it's fantastic <laughs> one way or the other and he's sitting right next to me so i really can't say otherwise <laughs> so there you go so uh, do you guys now by chance and as our fog of and and Don and I are very fortunate that we get to present and judge around uh, North America uh, all the time, but it does lead us to things like, oh yeah, we met you guys in 2010, and and not being able to remember that right off the top 
But do you guys, so do you guys, now that, now that the, the fog is clearing, do you guys identify as polyamorous? No, we do not. Okay, well then that whole line of flirting can be shot to hell. <laughs> Let's move on to another question then. <laughs> Were you making plans for two weeks from now? <laughs> well, look, yeah, you know, naughty one-on-one lists. Gotta knock go. it out where you there can. Um, so do you guys find yourself ready for the international contest coming up? As ready as one can be, but uh, I'm sure there are things that we will wish in retrospect we would have done better, but we have done everything that we are able to do now, so I say let's go. There you go, So, because you never know what your judges are going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any advice for you is to make sure you know something about each judge. Some of them have egos, so <laughs> you want to know you want to know something, and otherwise, just be confident in who you are and what you are. So, like I said, Dan and I did not win international, but we put our energy into the podcast, the books, the presenting, the you know. There, there's always something else if it doesn't work out. You know, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you guys win or not, what do you ex- what are your expectations from our perspective of of where you are as a couple a year from down the road from now? Well, uh, we will be getting married three months after the contest, if that says oh, anything. Fantastic. Nice, nice. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. What? <laughs> Sorry, I, this is, you know, so it's a, uh, even if you lose, you're still going to win it? You're still going to marry him? Sorry, <laughs> yes. never mind. See, I yes, sir, I am. Okay. So of things you want to keep inside, but that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so. But no, I... Uh, I expect that this experience, win, lose, or draw, will just make us stronger. We've we've run for titles, we've won titles, we've lost titles, and through it all, we've always stayed together. So, Nice. Nice, nice. Fantastic. Well, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Absolutely. If you guys win international, which Don and I did not do, can we borrow your vest for a little bit? No. I'm just kidding. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a, uh, a great evening and have a great contest. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan.